Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who once had a pet rock that he trained to fly straight to his hand. I am the Adam Glass, and my nose has been broken four dozen times. <laughs> well, the rock is incredibly hard to train. It's maybe the most challenging pet. It's very hard. <laughs> Gonna go to joke jail. That before we get into our movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lost in criteria. We have one of those now? We do, we do. We've had one of those for like five or six years. Why didn't Pat. you tell me? Uh, because I was keeping it a secret oh. so that I could pocket oh, all Oh, I the see. Money. This is an embezzlement scheme. That's capitalism, baby. Over there for a dollar a month, you can help keep us going. It actually, it, 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 I know it's it, more than it $10 has, a month. It has bought me groceries at some time it is, over it the is last probably, few years. It's not saved your life. Definitely made your life <laughs> significantly better at various times. Yeah. Um, but, but mostly it goes to our internet bills. We do a non-criterion film every month, and our supporters get to vote on what movie we're going to watch. Um, based on a list I put together that's usually got uh, a little theming. You know, our bonus episodes are lists like fifth movie in a series, or uh, we uh, we watched a Del Toro movie in the main podcast, so I did a Del Toro uh, list. I like how ago. you're kind of retconning out your really weird lists. <laughs> And, then, and making it sound like you uh, make sensible decisions based on sensible ideas and not whatever bugbear like crawls up your butt that, that yeah. month. Well, three months ago, the list was based on the fact that we watched uh, the Monkeys movie, uh, Head. Uh, <laughs> and then and you decided I made to a demonstrate list. your hatred for all of us. <laughs> yes, I made a list based of, of movies that were clearly inspired by the Beatles' help, as Head was. And... And that meant that the Beatles' actual movies couldn't be in there. Uh, and we ended up watching the jukebox musical Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and it is literally the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's actually, like, it's fascinating in the sense that, like, we had some that I was like, this is a really bad I, movie. I hate this movie. And then yeah. you just brought in, like, a banger that just blew everything outside of the I water. Have, I have no special affinity for the Beatles. I know you it do. Is extru- uh, but, like, even without that, that, is a, that movie is, yeah. like, woof, man. Yeah, it yeah, seems it like it's doing psychic damage to you while you're while it's happening. <laughs> it is. It is. Like you get it's done a, and you're like, did really I? A, did I just experience a crime? It's a spiritual sickness more than anything, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, but yeah, so we do have we do have fun, but we do oftentimes hurt ourselves, um, and that's that's what makes fun worth it. I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the risk of a way of yourself. thinking about things that I don't necessarily agree with. But okay, sure. Let's <laughs> go with let's go with Adam's extremely <laughs> uncomfortable definition of how one makes fun. Yeah. So probably. it's only fun if there's a risk of serious bodily harm. Yeah. Or or mental harm. It's always mental harm is always a possibility too. Right. 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 Uh, but yeah. Um. That's all the one dollar mark. You had access to that entire back catalog. If you want to go back and listen to the Sergeant Pepper's episode, you can. I mean, uh, you, I don't it's better than it. watching the movie. Um, 
but it is certainly better than watching the movie. Given the choice between listening to the episode and watching the movie, you should listen to the Given episode. the fact that we're going to come uh, to your house and hold a gun to your head and make you choose, uh, this is how this podcast <laughs> operates now. No guns, but I will tape your eyes open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> this is maybe worse. You're maybe doing something oh, worse absolutely. than that. Because at least with a gun, they can choose death. <laughs> they can be like, I don't, this is not worth it. I'll just, I'll just. That's what it. makes it fun. Oh, it's stage left. Uh, <laughs> instead, of, uh, instead of watching this, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, a little above that $1 mark uh, for folks who can uh, help keep us going uh, a little bit more, can afford it. Uh, we'd like to thank those folks on air. Thank you so much to our $5 supporters, Andrew Jarrett, Stephen Goldmeyer, Eric Coronado, and Chris Otto. Yes, thank you very much. It's worth noting that that's all you get at that tier. Is It is. It is, is Adam saying your name, which I'm sure. And we're so, yeah, we're we so appreciate grateful it. for them. We, we're, we're, glad you, yeah. we go, we're glad you are, are helping us. Yeah. Uh, above that, we do something pretty dang special. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized thank you note once a month, mail that off to our $10 and above supporters. Straight to we your mailbox. Like straight into your mailbox. Like, directly. Sure, yeah. maybe it goes to a bunch of post offices and they stamp the fuck out of the front and ruin it, but you know. They really do. It's really funny to me Stick- that that happens because barcode I stickers can't over everything. postcard I would want to be covered on the front. Postcards have been around a very long time. They couldn't build the postal yeah. machine to like not do that. Uh, maybe they're in cahoots with Tohai. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're <laughs> we're gonna ruin yeah. all of this. We do like to thank those ten dollars supporters on air. Thank you so much to Jason West, David, Nina Bajnak, Patrick Yako, Tracy McGrath, and Adam Speakerman. If you want to check out those postcards uh, without paying for that ten dollar mark, you can head over to Redbubble.com. Search for Lost in Criterion there. You can see past postcards. You can buy them as postcards, as greeting cards, as uh, stickers, and some other things as well. Thank you so much to everyone who has purchased anything off that Redbubble store. It's a big help. Thank you to everyone who has supported us through Patreon. It's a bigger help. And uh, thank you for listening. Pat, this week we are talking about Kess from 1969, 1970, actually, uh, is uh, the actual religious release? Well, since it took movie. them like three years to get yeah. damn movie like to be shown anywhere. <laughs> right, 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 right. Took them uh, longer to get the movie. And even shown then, it was like five yeah. theaters. <laughs> it took them longer yeah. to get the movie shown than it did to make the fucking thing. Jeez, man, uh, you gotta uh, love the studio first... system. It's amazing. Yeah, it is our first film from director Ken Loach, uh, who uh, we only have one other movie from him in the. In the Criterion Collection, and it is spine number nine hundred and six. I Daniel oh, Blake. It's so far, far away. Uh, Man, we need to have a Ken is. Loach list then, because I want to watch more. We Ken might have Loach to have stuff. a Ken Loach list. I really like Ken Loach stuff. I, <laughs> I really want to watch all the things that we're not going to watch. Yeah, yeah. It turns out, turns out, Ken Loach might be, uh, might be the director whose politics we've been waiting for the most. Right, um, right. And the weird thing about it is, when you think about it, is like, yeah, we're gonna get one and then one a million years later. <laughs> yeah, and it's also yeah. like... I wonder... Yeah. I mean, I, everything. Like, I wonder if... Yeah. I wonder if any of his 1980s band documentaries are actually available now. <laughs> or if, or if really, the BBC, oh, the British government succeeded in... And they're banned in 
fucking England. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That tiny you'd little hope, island is irrelevant to us. We're Americans. We watch whatever I'm, the fuck we want as long as there are no boobies in it. <laughs> right. Right. Police oh, beating man. the boobies shit out of fine. protesters? It's, fine. That's just the nightly it's news. The fema- it's the female orgasm that's the problem, Pat. Right. Well, I uh, mean, I think it's most body parts on a woman, basically, according yeah. to the United States. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> depends on the year. Uh but yes, this is an adaptation of the 1968 novel A Kestrel for a Knave, written by Barry Hines, who uh, also helps adapt the screenplay. It, Ken Loach and his contemporaries, including his producer Tony Garnett, and, uh, I mean, just these are this is sort of the the half generation after the Angry Young Men that we've talked about in the past with movies and like it, The Sporting Life yeah. and. And it, and it addresses many of the things that we complained about when we've seen those kinds of <laughs> right. movies. Like, right. it's good right. to know. It, like, it is actually extremely refreshing to, like, see with my own eyes that a bunch of people thought, like, watched those movies and thought the exact same thing we did, which is like, well, you didn't quite get it, did you? Like, you, yeah. you got part of the way there and then stopped for some reason. Right. Um, Ken Loach is... is of the mind, and I, I am apt to agree, uh, though perhaps not one hundred percent. If we got down to brass tacks, but Ken Loach is of the mind of why would you be a movie director if you didn't want to say something? Uh, well, I mean, was I it, think there but is, it was actually also Ken, not just Ken Loach, but his producer too, like made yeah, a statement yeah, essentially. Like, like if, I think you, I, I get a little confused because I get a little turned around about like. Um, who was saying who was what. talking when in yeah. some of the bonus episodes? Because they are very yeah. much of a mind with each other, right? Like these are these yeah. two people yeah. are peas in a pod as far as like their ideas are concerned, and they basically were. He was basically saying like, uh, like, if you're in this for money, like fucking right. get the hell out because you're you're in it for the <laughs> right. wrong reasons. Right. Like, I mean, right. This, right. I, right. like right. again, I'm sure all the both of them would agree that it's it's nice to be able to like I don't know feed yourself and stuff, right? But like, if your yeah. goal is to get rich. You're in it for the wrong reason, and you should go home. Right. So these were guys who um, were left-leading, at the very least. Uh, there's there's a point in one of the one of the bonus features, um, which is uh, Ken Loach profile on a show called The South yes, Bank yeah, Show, yeah. Uh, where uh, where Ken describes his own politics as. The future lies in common ownership and democratic control and freedom from the market, not freedom of the market. No, no, no. Freedom from Ken the exploitation Loach has of the, the vocabulary <laughs> of a person who has been trained over the last 40 years <laughs> to be very careful about saying things that the BBC will like ban him for. Uh, right. But like man straight up. If not a communist, a socialist, let's be very good. Cause like, yeah. even in the interviews, the other interviews, he's like, so there's definitely probably there's definitely a better system than the one we have. Like, it's so <laughs> right, like right, this right. is a man who's desperate to just like start reading off like a manifesto on camera, but knows that they'll cut the camera in 14 seconds if he does. He'll get four words right, out right, and then right. they'll cut the camera. And so he's just at this point trained himself to like, well, I can allude to because like bear in mind they banned those documentaries. Because they expressed pro labor sympathies, essentially. Yeah, like there's some. Yeah. I I did a little bit of reading. I didn't do a ton. There's like some some bullshit like 
stuff in there, but it's pretty clear, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Loach himself describes the banned documentaries as being banned under false pretense. He does not elaborate very much after that. Yeah, you do have to recognize that he's also being interviewed on the BBC in that moment. Right, but he's uh, being which interviewed on the BBC, and they even talk about the fact that there's a but that they still can't show right. those things. Yeah, that I can't, I can't show you this thing. Uh, in the essay, um, which is written by Graham Fuller, uh, uh, they uh, quote uh, Loach as describing his own politics as anti-Stalinist socialist uh, and once much more, uh, once closer to a Trotskyist position, uh, both quotes. Um, I mean, but yeah, he's really, I he's, mean, it he, would get him murdered in the Soviet Union, but like, right. there's nothing wrong <laughs> without, with being a Trotskyist. Right. I, I mean, like I tend to, I can lean <laughs> that way sometimes because, you know, the global, yeah. like the need to push for global uh, communism rather yeah. than, like socialism in one state is a very compelling argument right. that like can really like get your blood up if you if you start thinking about it for right. a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not it's not a not compelling argument, you know? Yeah. Garnett cages it a little bit more, but still in a way that could get him shot in some places yes, and sometimes yeah. as calling himself a humanist uh and democratic socialist. Um but really, as as the essay points out, uh what they're seeking to do is straight up a Marxist Marxist analyst of yeah yeah uh, of why why the leftist party the labor party is protecting the capitalistic interests uh, yeah I mean specifically in those banned ones right like I mean that's the interesting yeah. thing right is the banned ones are specifically about those things right like well the, by the by the time we get to the banned ones he's really working against uh, we're gonna have to do a bonus episode on one of them that's what uh, I'm because by the time we get to the bonus. Band ones, he's really working against Thatcher. Right, yeah, uh, and he talks who, about Thatcher a yeah. couple times. And I mean, there's direct reference yeah. in the one, it, like, I for, I'm losing track of bonus materials because all three of the, like, two of the bonus materials are borderline identical in style almost, but, like, yeah, yeah. Are, are different content. Um, but, yeah, basically, like, you know, he's, he makes direct reference to the fact that, like, well, things are bad, and then Thatcher made it a million times worse. Uh, yeah, like in, basically infinitely worse, and like, yeah, and and bear like, in mind that the band ones are, I think, w- are like, band the band ones happen while Thatcher is in power, I believe, right? Because yes. they're like that is when like they get a stranglehold on like a true honest to god stranglehold on ja- on British media, like yes. where like now they're not allowed, you know. Not allowed to take political political stances means you're not allowed to be pro labor, pro pro union. It right, doesn't mean right, you're right, not right. allowed to. It doesn't it actually doesn't. mean you're not allowed to take political stances. Political political stance. A condemned political stance has always been going against the status quo. Right. Uh, an apolitical stance is supporting the status quo, even if the status quo and is I, a hard line. And, and that's always been politics. the case. But I would I would uh, say that like, and that's during the, case. the yes. sort of the Thatcher era, it's more like that stranglehold is even maybe even more explicit. Yeah. Than it had been in so, the sense that, like, it's a true, honest cut stranglehold. Right, right. So the political and cultural and and artistic moment that Loach comes rises in with with this film cast particularly, but with with much of his early work, um, is uh, in 1964, a guy named Tony Kennedy Martin wrote a manifesto in a theater magazine that essentially argued for bringing Brechtian technique uh, and politics 
uh, <laughs> into into British uh, theater and and television, really, um, television drama, uh, and also that was. Certainly Brecht had the politics that's being involved here, but it was also technical. It was about uh, uh, being more mobile, going going uh, to real-world world sets or uh, Right, settings. I mean, it's an application of, um, a, of a sort of cinema verite to, like, yeah. like the real meaning and, and not the bad meaning that we sort of right. found ourselves yeah. in, right, right. in the middle of. The manifesto also talks about a, a lower emphasis on dialogue. And more more showing and less telling, I think. Uh, so we get that in '64. We get labor coming to power right around then, and we get this start of uh, a Wednesday evening teleplay show that we have an episode of as a bonus feature, uh, directed by Kent Loach, a film called Kathy Come Home, and one of the things one of the mandates of that program was adversarialness <laughs> to be, to be, I, I believe the, the actual quote was adversarially contemporary, uh, in the stories they tell. Well, and, so, and, then, and then there's also sort of a loach and, uh, you know, sort of like layer on top of there where he like talks about his, like his specific goal internally for himself was, to be a sort of complement to the news in the sense that, like... Right. Like, uh, sort of addressing the things that the news doesn't really, like, talk about. At least doesn't provide yeah. enough yeah, context for and stuff. So, on the one hand, they come out of news and documentary, a lot of these people, particularly the ones working with Ken Loach. Um, and he wanted to take that attitude of being on the forefront of presenting social issues uh, that he brings from the news but also recognizes that um uh, toward the end of uh i think it's toward the end of the south bank show one of the last things he said is that we are part of an organization meaning the news that claims to be objective but its very nature supports the status quo because even in presenting both sides one of those sides is the government's <laughs> opinion right right uh so um <clears throat> so by presenting both sides as equally weighted, but there's a power differential that's not being referenced or or explained, uh, those with well, more power and, and, automatically and we've have seen more that, like, weight. That entire model has been exploited right, right. like more and more aggressively as time's gone on. Like we live in a world opposed yeah. to that version of the world where now that desire to talk about both sides is used explicitly to like present extremely aggressive like right wing points of view right. that like aren't even actually serious in their like your ability to address them right. but that establishes a new like uh you know a, a new sort of paradigm that then like right. well we have to present or, both sides like well you have to present the people who want to murder everybody well very cool um right 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 yeah yeah and in that instance a a both sidesism that isn't even presenting uh the status quo necessarily it's uh an underlying current that is giving voice and movement to uh people who should just be ignored uh, right exactly and 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 you yeah. can see like you can see how sort of blindly like you're you're sort of like i we don't take sides blind approach to the government 
it creates a direct right. pathway to start letting that happen as time goes on, right? right? And you just get right. further Absolutely. and further down this sort of weird shithole. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing about Kathy Come Home. Uh, one, I think it's a fantastic film. It's, it's very, fantastic. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's. It's very. Oh boy! I mean, like, not that either of them is not depressing, but Kathy Come Home because, of, especially the nature of the way it's being told and sort of how much material they're trying to cover in a very short time, it's like yeah. just gut punch after gut punch. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. One, uh, I can't remember if it was in a in one of the additional materials or uh, or the essay or something else I read, but um, either Loach or Garnett describes the way Kathy Come Home is edited as Godardian. In its uh, yeah, in its yeah, I think that was in one of the bonus nature. materials. I think it's in the bonus material um, specifically about Kathy come home because there's also a bonus yeah. material for that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there was one directly dedicated to that, and um, and yeah, that's that's really a real thing here. Is, I mean, well, it's accurate. This, in, is, in, this is right out the gate. Uh, Godardian at Godard's most artistic, not at his most silly. Um, though I love, although silly although Godard I will too. say that, like even like you know, Godard's silly stuff, ha- like the way they're cutting is very, like even in some of Godard's silly stuff, you get those those kind of cuts, but like you're using it for like in a very different way, right? Because he uses those kind right, of cuts right, right, in right. His silly movies to make things more silly. Uh, yeah. Whereas here, there, it's it's more just to like kind of overwhelm the audience to kind of just hit them yeah. so hard so fast right. that they can't there's they can't really get their bearing right there's definitely humor in kathy come home yeah but it is mostly just an well, onslaught yeah, of, kathy come uh, home is like one of those things where like you you start off it, it starts much more humorous than it ends because right you they kind of lull you into a false sense of security by like kind of treating it like it's just a sort of teen drama-y thing that might have like yeah might have some serious bits but it's mostly uh harmless uh and then, then we get to the end and that we keep like, getting sucked here, down into yeah. uh we're going to explain to you the hell that you're in and uh we need you to just pay attention thank you very much i mean it's very effective for what it's trying to, obviously it's not actually effective in the sense that like they talk about it in some of the other bonus materials like well like you know they aren't able to really use it to affect any major social change, right? Britain is not better about these things than they were then. It's significantly worse, right? Uh, not not saying like ever, so is all the so are all of the other countries that we're associated with because capitalist hegemony. But you know, and that's that's what I what I love about Loach is that he takes a lot of the artistic ideals of the French New Wave. Uh and then says, oh, wait, all of this is just Marxist analysis of art. Uh, maybe we should do that politically, too, right, right. which is like, a thing uh, Godard certainly eventually starts right, doing. But, but it has outside. to be essentially but, like, like <laughs> have his hand held to get to. Right. 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 And, right. And, and the problem is, is that while while the sort of the as we talked about with the French stuff, like and those sort of new waves and like sort of a Marxist approach to art, they're doing it very childishly in many ways. Like they don't yeah. they don't understand. It's the it's the classic problem, right? Where you where you you get a part of the way there, right? And you and you are applying some of the logic that would lead you to make those kinds of things, but you're missing the sort of fundamental sort of uh, conceptual framework that helps you yeah. to like fully grasp what you're trying to uh, get at. And so what you end up with right. is 
yeah, you make that for a little while, and then like the need to meet the you know your desire to meet the needs of capital and everything like that, you start perverting it almost immediately, right? And so you see like the French right. New Wave and in- stuff. Yeah, for about like five days is like that, and then it's- yes, in a very in a very real way, particularly with Kess, Truffaut walked so that Ken Loach could run. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, totally. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. And like, and the thing is, as you can see, even with Truffaut, you're dealing with a person who didn't have a a, a sort of true framework to operate on, and that's why the other movies are not right. like that. The other movies, right. he goes down a radically different, frankly, significantly less interesting path. Yeah, because yeah. he's not operating on a real framework, a, a real like. He's he. It's it's sort of just like well, we we sort of just stumbled into this because we're responding to what is currently out there, rather than you know right. what I mean. Like there's a difference between responding to what's out there and sort of just sort of replying to it. Yeah, sometimes you're going to end up making a thing that is like fundamentally like understands the world and is right, but because you're not, you're doing it as a backlash, as a sort of like direct response rather than coming from a like a reasoned out framework. It's easy for that to get all fucked up real quick, right? And now you're making right. not very right. good love stories. Yeah, right, right, one hundred percent. Whereas Kathy come home uh, is also somehow also a good love story. It is, despite it is the fact the, that I was afraid it wasn't going to be depressing for a one. But <laughs> yeah. it it, it yeah. really like it it really gets the heart of like just like the nature of like these are not people who want to be apart, but like the entire system's rigged and designed to like make it impossible for them to ever come back together. It's right. it's and the funny thing is like not to like keep derailing this conversation because like this is gonna be a rough one this way. So I've been listening oh, yeah. to um we talked about this off air last time. So you and I both like I, I think probably m- me more than you, but we both listen to Well There's Your Problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started listening to Alice's other podcast, tra- well, one of her other ones, because she has 75 of them, I think, um, which is Trash Future, which is a sort of British political podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I'm obsessed with it because it's very, very good. Um, and they talk up. this is like all they talk about all the time. It's just this stuff. And the amount of things that line up between what they talk about on air and what's in these movies, it's like one for one. And you can, the, the continuum is sort of laid out in front of you if you like combine them t- two together. The two together, they're like, oh, you can just see how all this just kept getting worse. It never got better. Yeah. It always got worse. Yeah. No problems were solved because no one had any desire. Like, you know, and of course, you know, the nature of capitalism has no incentive, incentivization for them to fix these problems. They need right. the, the, the downtrodden labor to even function, right? Like, yeah. And unfortunately, Cassie come home is also kind of an example of, uh, that neoliberal labor status quo co-opting something that was meant to be a critique of them to say, Oh, but it, it, it changed so much. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> because one, uh, uh, the, Housing Homeless Persons Act of 1977 eventually gets passed in the wake of this, but that's 13 years later. Um, but in the immediately aftermath, two uh, two charities meant to 
intercede for the homeless get started uh, crisis and shelter uh, and well and that's the as that's Loach the only, points out the, that is the only functional <laughs> neoliberal response to like crisis is like right. well we'll we'll set up a charity for it because god forbid we spend like tax money to fix real problems for real people right 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 like right Loach essentially points out that they they didn't succeed in doing anything they made a lot of headlines but they made no change right right and and, and that and that's sort of like been my sort of takeaway from listening to the, all this sort of commentary about british politics is literally every problem that is a problem in here in these movies is still a a extremely desperate and hor like ever-present problem today like literally right. nothing was fixed like and again right. thanks to thatcher everything gets a million times worse too yeah, like, and, and, but, they, know, the, but bear in mind, before Thatcher, none of it had been fixed anyway. Like, it had not been fixed up until that point either, right? It's not like it got fixed and then Thatcher came back and just knocked it all over. So a few things maybe got tiny bit better, but like, right? I mean, we, I think, we see the I sorts think, of people who elected Thatcher in this movie, right? Right. Like, we see the I guys who is, are advocating uh, for violence against the like the the like right. the the people in the caravans outside of their town, like. Oh yeah. We're, like I luckily I can say this because those people have long since passed away. I want to murder them. <laughs> like <laughs> they have they have died. They so are it's dead. Good. I cannot murder uh, them. So it's a, I, this is not actionable. But that asshole yeah. who like is up in front talking in front of the council, somebody should have taken a hatchet to him is what I'm saying. The man is <laughs> reprehensible, right? But that's that was it was and is such a dominant force in modern in society then now the thatcher yeah. right like that that like person whose primary functional concern in their entire life is preserving their property values right by any means right. necessary right uh yes even when it's literally advocating for violence and and results in the death of children yes like no and yeah. then like and then we see that like in the movie right Bearing in mind that, like, they sort of built this movie as a sort of pseudo-documentary. It's all based on things that were in the news but were not a specific person's yeah. life. Um, like, nobody's punished for it, right? It's, like, it's it's classic. It's the furthest possible extension of social murder, right? Like, it's... Right. Like, you take social, well, murder, social... murder as far as you can because, like, social murder, like, typically is more like creating the conditions, whereas this is right on that border where you're like, well, you did, in fact, actually just call for violence. This, yes. This this is social murder extended to actual murder. Well, so um, what makes it, but but right. it's sanctioned by, like, sort of the neoliberal establishment and the and the and the sort of cultural hegemony that exists. So it becomes social murder in the sense that, like, there nobody is treated as a criminal as a result of it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually There's a fine one, line between stochastic violence and social murder in the sense that, like, you can yeah. create an environment where, like. Some people can murder with impunity, do direct murder with impunity, right. rather than just sort of creating the conditions and then letting them right. play out. Right, right. Which is maybe one failing of Kathy Comes Home is that we don't have an example of pure social murder. Uh, well, I mean, the, the whole movie time. is an example of social murder, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. Like, we don't yes. know what's going to happen per se, but we meet a lot of yeah. people who probably died. I mean, they all yes. died, of course, because of time. But like, what I mean is, there's a lot of people who very much <laughs> as a direct result of what's die going of on here, yes. like die an early death as a result of the things that like we meet that one young woman who they're living next to in the bombed out area that's not been yeah, and like 
she's like clearly on her last legs, right? Like she's not right. that old, but her life is like she's somehow worse off than they are, which is right astonishing but true, right? Like you can just tell. Like she's talking to them and begging them for help, right? Right. And they they're they're already at their sort of last their point like they've got nothing left to give and do so they can't they, they they just end up talking but like you can tell that she's already worse off than they are right like she's going to die and i think right. she's got children her children are probably going to die because they're not even a place in a place where the government can take them away right like they they're living so like by going into that those shelters they arrive in a place where now the government becomes aware of them and will take their kids away and then say fuck you go off and die you we don't care about you right but right. living out in the bombed out bombed out area, like you're not even it. Your children aren't even in the like visual purview of the of the of the state anymore, right? Right. Like you're just a yeah. you're just a bunch of bodies that'll be found like next summer after it's not cold anymore, right? right? Um, one of the things I was really impressed with the film uh, doing, uh, sort of subtly in a throwaway scene, but it's on my mind this week because I I have attended my my city council meeting this week. Um, is when the when the local councilman comes to them because he has to kick them out of the house for a code violation, right? Has to, uh, and then is so relieved to find out they're being evicted. I know anyway, it's such a so he, it, like, and they respond to it, which I do like the fact that like rather than them sort of just being sort of downtrodden and beat upon people, they comment on the like the bullshit right. that's happening to them, which is yeah. really important because a lot of these kind of movies okay. don't bother to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's a thing you don't really want to do, why don't you fight it? Right, that's right. This week. This week particularly. Um, so uh, a thing that has been happening in Columbus is that uh, while the international conglomerate owns everything, Corporation Blackstone... <laughs> Yep. Uh, owns companies that exist within Columbus, hotels that exist within Columbus primarily, uh, but their fingers are in everything anyway. Right, yes, they literally own um, some or all of everything. They they do not so far own any real property in Columbus. Uh, and through a subsidiary called uh, American Campus Communities, they are attempting to uh, buy a church and build a uh, build student housing on it. Um, which, which until they found out heavy air quotes here, let's be very clear yeah. here until they found out this week that they could get a uh, tax break for uh, providing uh, affordable housing as the city defines it, which is not affordable. Um, they had no plans of, of providing affordable housing either within those student housing. Now they've promised 20% affordable housing, um, which is the bare minimum for, for a 30 year tax, uh, property tax break for the building man i hate the, uh, i hate the fucking system yeah, we live in man i hate it so much this company's terrible the city is terrible the city's um, terrible but, and the city uh, works in the best interest of people who are terrible yeah. right like the whole system so, is a nightmare yeah so uh i i've been working a, a slightly different angle with the church because the church is agreeing to sell this property to ACC under the condition that they retain space within the new building to meet. Uh, and the church views this as the only, the only way they can continue to exist as a congregation. Uh, and their stance is that ACC is not Blackstone. And I have, I have repeately tried to explain to them that is not how, companies? that is not how corporate, 
yeah, that's not how corporate ownership works. Gotta, um, gotta love willful blindness. <laughs> you've made a deal with the devil. Get out if you can. Yeah, like, uh, and it might be too late for them to get out anyway. So they have to, they have to do anything to to make themselves sleep at night. Um, but the city, the uh, the Columbus Democratic Socialists of America, uh, who uh, I I guess I caucus with on a regular basis. <laughs> um, uh, their approach has been just to convince the city that the uh, ACC and Blackstone need a series of zoning variances to allow for the building of this, uh, building of, of, of this apartment. And, um, and DSA's approach has been to uh, convince them that, uh, convince the city on moral grounds that the, uh, that Blackstone particularly should not be awarded these variances. Oh yeah, that always works. Uh, and, yeah, and Blackstone has been condemned by the UN. Blackstone, Denmark passed a law specifically to bar Blackstone from owning uh, proper, real property and apartment buildings uh, because they're terrible landlords. Well, and, um, and, and and yeah, and like if you have any yeah. sense of like the way the world is actually structured and you want to make any meaningful right. change, even like a little bit, even as like a like kind of left leaning liberal, you have you automatically recognize man having every one company own all the houses in an area. Is probably very not bad. Good. Yeah. So anyway, what what reminded me of this guy in in Kathy Come Home is that uh, only one person voted no of, of the seven yeah. people on Columbus City Council, but four of them before doing it uh, gave speeches about how uh, how the the zoning is not the place for the moral argument, even though zoning has. Especially in Columbus, but throughout used the United as a States, moral zoning. a moral tool Zon- all the time, right? <laughs> zoning. How many been, times have yes. they zoned out various industries they don't want to be around? <laughs> right, like it's so stupid. Right, or 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 people they don't want to be around. Uh, <clears throat> zoning has been a tool of redlining, right? In Columbus of course, yes, for a hundred yeah. years. Uh, but uh, but may well, it's not. So they're hiding behind this immoral document, claiming that it's an amoral document. Uh, that absolves them from having to act as a moral body, yeah. even though they're making moral decisions all the time. Well, uh, I mean, there and and there's no there's no politics without more like you know like you can't right you can't right. like argue that like like amoral uh, like there's no there's no like it's it's a totally well it's a very neoliberal very like yeah. specific way of like addressing the world like well yeah. I mean this so, these things are are I'm just acting a amorally a politically it's fine yeah. One of them, one of them, literally stated. One of the council members literally stated that uh, that that the council will be watching Blackstone to make sure they behave as as good landlords in the city. Yeah, uh-huh. because that's and, uh, and what tools take... do you possess to punish them when they don't? Oh, right, none, zero, good, and you even, would use them anyway. Even that tax break, that thirty year tax break for uh, it might be fifteen. It doesn't even matter. It's it's an infinite amount of time as far as it goes. Well, and um, and, and honestly, like, but even yeah, yeah. even that tax break, which is provided on the condition of providing twenty percent affordable housing, twenty percent twenty percent of units being affordable. Uh, first off, the the building's defining it as twenty percent of beds, not of units, which is its own ridiculous loophole. But, uh. If a company fails to make that, which they do all the time, they don't lose. The city has never rescinded the the tax break. Right. We had we had one one corporate landlord who were, <laughs> were literally destroying housing units 
like allowing them to fall into complete disrepair so that you could not legally house anyone in them who still maintain their tax break. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it's all ridiculous. And, and I mean, so, so what that, you're saying is, and I think, I think we can both get behind this. <laughs> America does it better. We, America we make the, we better. make the British look like chumps when it comes to like uh, doing hyper immoral things to like anybody in need. Yeah. The, the British claiming, just, just oh, a bunch of children when it comes to this. We we I know how to punish the poor. I don't want to do this, but I will say I will say one place that that law has marched on is that I don't think you could get away with a no child housing. No, no, and I don't situation think you, I don't, I'm betting that in that's Britain not or the U.S. today. Yeah, like and like, yeah. but also like I'm I'm. That one was like the most sort of like mind boggling to me in general because I was, I had a really hard time. Like, it's like I've encountered this before, like in older movies with in other situations, but like, what, what? It's such a ridiculous concept to me that, like, oh, yes, yeah. we, our housing is for exclusively people who don't need it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, just to having yeah no 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 child policies is yes is is of course, uh, you know very, uh, not legal anymore at least unless you're like um, you know um, a specifically a kind of place that's meant to house like for example like, um, I'm, I'm thinking like, about you, you, you do occasionally count like specific loopholes because it's right, meant to house right. like well, well college discrimination laws or or something like that yeah. But, Discrimination, uh, discrimination uh, policies are always uh, are always written with loopholes in mind. Right, yeah. You can you can do it, you can discriminate for whatever reason as long as it's not a bad reason. So you just come up with a good reason, right. um, and as long as you say it's for the good reason, uh, and never say it's for the bad reason, right? right because right. because as the Supreme Court has has ruled over and over again, as long as you don't say it's for the bad reason. There's no proof it's for the bad reason, right? Yes, so. we're not allowed to look at the results of one's action to determine like. Yeah, intent or anything like that. We only are allowed to look at specifically what they said. Um, yeah, their exact words in the documents always. that they've actually anyway. revealed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Kathy Gunwoman was a really, really phenomenal. I, you know, I, it, it is sort of you know they talk about that check. The Czech influence, like yeah, Loves of a Blonde sure, and Miles right? Forman, and you can see that in 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 their work, um, and the political nature of that. But I was reminded more of uh, uh, something more like Waja, who, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. someone someone making making something that they want to foment political change um, and making it well. Well, bear, bearing in bearing in mind that the Czech New Wave stuff is also about that, it's just more playful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think the issue we run right. into is that like. We only have this very tiny, bite-sized bit of Loach, and I suspect that Lo- you can see at the beginning of this movie that Loach does also have a playful side. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so certainly one has to imagine that some of his other works are maybe a little bit more in line with like something like Closely Watched. Trains I bet that's or true. Something like that that have a goofy element on top of the very intense, very intense political commentary that is also present in all of the Czech New Wave stuff. Um, it's just approaching it from like radically the other end right the thing about Waja is Waja is so much a product of such intense pressure you know what I mean like when you think about the world Waja's in 
like yeah. it sort of kills a lot of that. I one can only imagine that being playful in that the environment that he's operating in is just basically almost impossible, right? Yeah. Um, it's just right, too much, right. right? Like, there's just too, the, the crucible of it is just too intense. Um, whereas yeah. the Chetney Wave is specifically defined by the fact that, like, hey, for like the first time, we have a list, even the tiniest smidge of political, like, in the cultural uh, freedom. And then they all go absolutely apeshit with it, right? <laughs> Right, but right, they're not—they're right, right, not right. any less political entities, right? And they're—they're they're operating in a political, uh, political way. They're just also not particularly yeah. worried about being murdered. Right, right, right. So it is. Um, I think we should move beyond Kathy come yeah, home yeah. Uh, because we got the main event still to talk to. Kess, the actual spying number for this week, um, again from 1970, uh, well, based on the novel Kestrel for a Knave. Uh, it premiered in 1970. I'm going to go with 1970. That's fine. No, I, I was um, just going to say that they, I mean, they are of a piece, right? You, you, even with only these yeah. two, oh, you so get right. a very firm understanding of like what Loach is like. Like, I guess if they, I, I have to assume that when they did this, like, well, these are the only Loaches that are going to be in here for some reason that's incomprehensible yeah. to me. But, um, I mean, I can come up with reasons. They, are, they will not be particularly nice right. to the Criterion Collection about <laughs> what the Criterion Collection does or not value in, sort, in the forms of speech that it, that it promotes, but they're not particularly flattering to this thing that we've built our entire podcast about. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, they they do like, okay, well, well these are the only two loaches we're going to do. We need to give people a good, like, this is what they're all about, or what he's all about, and like, you know, it does do that, right? You can see a direct through line between them. And it's really all you're doing is like a different sort of like different kind of artistry on top of a very similar kind of story. One moves at a pace that's more filmic than, than the sort of the BBC one because the BBC one is, is frenetic. It is that Godardian sort of uh, weird cut, like weird jump cut thing that they, they, they were playing around with at the time. Also, the very jarring intro stuff that comes a la the BBC's, like, whatever the name of that, uh, that BBC <laughs> movie hour, that intro is extremely, yes. like, aggressive and, like, whoa, guys, cool it, okay? I'm not comfortable with this. The fucking chess pieces <laughs> and the really, like, weird music. Yeah. I I really like the music. But I did, going too. going from that directly I, into... Yeah, it's like these things are not... 500 miles did not yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. At least have like a talking head explain the program, uh, introduce it in some yeah, way. Yeah, you just need something, but, right? Like one, I mean, like yeah, it, you need something to like ease you in, and it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. So Cass is uh, shot in a pretty new wave style. Um, we're dealing with non-actors yep. across the board, um, non-professional actors at least. Um, one, one semi-professional actor, yeah, Mr. Farthing, Colin Welland, uh, is, uh, had been on a BBC series uh, called Z Car, which also was directed by, by this group of people anyway. Right. Um, it, is, uh, it is a police procedural that he was in. They address the topic of, of non-professional actors like a lot, a lot, in all yeah. the bonus material with this. And it's really interesting you, when you, like... I don't tend to be a a big fan of the idea that non-professional actors are better at delivering. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I do tend I to, think... I, 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 you know, 
I tend to subscribe to the idea that actors are, are professionals at the thing they do, and if they're good at their job, they can accomplish the same goal as a non-professional, okay? Right. In, in what yes. you're trying to do with that sort of, like, real feelings. I will say, though, that in the right hands, a la this movie, like... It works. It works. It's The, yeah. the problem is, is I think it became, in some ways, such a... Um, I don't know what to call it. Like, I, I don't. I'm trying to think about the, what yeah. the word would be well, it's, of of some of those movements that where it sort of became a, um, like it just came as as a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it became a, like just first principle. It just totally, uh, you don't even think about it. You just assume like it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain yeah. what I'm trying to say, but like, with with the non actors we've experienced starring in movies in the past. Um, with uh, with Antoine in the 400 Blows, it's a kid who looked and could act the part, but I don't think it was necessarily someone who had lived the part, right? No, no. Even, in fact, I, I think if I recall, that was a long time ago, but I'm fairly certain yeah. we, we talked about this at the time, that he is not from yeah. the class and like social situation right. that, that he is portraying. With, you know, and, and with so many non-professional women, uh, who who we've seen from from knife in the water to to Mouchette. uh it is not it is not someone hired for uh a particular set of skills or social yeah it's like uh, half the time it's like I saw this woman at a train station and she she looked perfect for the she park. looked hot yeah but look uh, the, the phrase they use is looked perfect for the part yes, which is always. man I really yeah. want to bone that lady what if I offer her a yeah. role in my movie. Um, right. Of course, we recently had we recently had Fish Tank, which is very much in line with with this well, ideology yeah, of yeah, film. Absolutely. Um, and our main character from Fish Tank was someone who was hired because she was saw seen on a train platform arguing with her boyfriend. Well, right, well that's the in, thing, though, right? Is in the exact a really accent key, they were looking for. There's yeah. an accent thing, right, that they're getting at. But there's also yeah. a key point, like she was doing something. They keyed right, into. Right, right. The way her gestures, her actions, right? It wasn't just purely right. like, hey, look at that hottie. I want her in my movie, uh, which does right. seem to be the way a lot of these, I guess, very desperate men who were making these movies. Like, <laughs> I can only, to my mind, I can't read that as anything but like a really fucked up level of desperation in, in my mind. But like, it seems Listen, to be hiring so actresses is a great way to. Great way to meet women. Yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, I mean, I'm fairly certain a lot of industries figured that out. Um, yeah. Uh, but, like, either way, my, my point is is that, like, there's a, there's a sort of categorical difference between those two approaches to the world and, and movie yeah. making. And we've encountered people who are doing non-actors for the right reason. This is one of those situations. Right. And so I'm not and adamantly nine, against non-actors or anything like that. It's just the wrong reason is oftentimes the reason, which is I want to be able to establish dominant control over this person right. and make them do whatever I want, and they don't know better, and they don't have the yeah. understanding to say no to me. Right. But 99% of the time, like all of the background, all of the side characters – are people playing essentially themselves right, in these right. in these non-actor approaches? Well, in, Ken Loach just takes again, that the good ones. to one hundred percent. The good, right? Ones. In the good ones, yes. Ken Loach takes that closer to one hundred percent. Now, David Bradley, who plays Billy, is essentially the kid he is playing in many ways. You know, he he had done 
pantomime theater. So he had a little bit of acting experience, but he is a kid from the school that they are shooting at. <laughs> and uh, half half of his classmates in the film are kids from the school they are shooting at. And the other are just and, half kids from other area schools that are basically like, <laughs> right. I mean, like it's, they're such fundamentally all going to be basically in the same life situations that it's not going to be relevant that they're not yeah. all from the same school, right? It's, we all live in essentially the same the same circumstances here kind of situation. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. And, you know, um, but Loach's approach of finding someone who has at least an analogous life experience to the character he wants them to play, but also people who have some sort of performance experience. Right. I uh, mean, the, like, the gym like teacher a- is the, is the, is the best example of that in my mind right, because right? we found this guy who does amateur wrestling in the evenings, yeah. which is like that, right? That's that sweet spot, right? Like amateur wrestling involves a lot of performance, right? Especially if you're taking it right. seriously enough to like do it like in a way that's going to impress the other people there. Right. But like, you're certainly not a professional actor, right? Uh, right. It's that, it's right. that sweet spot, right? Yeah, and he's he's able to portray a character who himself has had quashed dreams in the past, right? And, yeah. And that he's angry about about that, right? And he's angry that his his fantasy doesn't play out the way he wanted it to be. Like he punishes Billy. I mean, he aggressively punishes because all the they, children because like a lot of the because children. Manchester U lost the game, right? <laughs> well, I mean, and and you you can see like he's just like at his core he has. The system has made him a bully much the way yeah. that he is going to make a bunch of these kids into bullies, right? Into bullies, yeah. I will say that is one of the areas in which the British have a leg up on us in terms of uh, the sort of race between <laughs> nations. The British are significantly better at just a massive scale bully generation system. Um, so, you know, they got that going for them in this in this race of nations. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, one of the critiques of this film is, is that the education system written at the time uh, writes off two thirds of everyone. Well, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You mean yeah? I get what you're saying. Yeah. I was like, in my mind, it was like, yeah. No, that's not a critique of this movie. You mean it's a critique B? Maybe I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, made by the movie. Yes, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, right. Well, and 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 that's the thing, right? Is that's another thing. Like I, that's actually when I when that's what I had watched so far. That's what I assumed we were going to spend most of your, our time talking about because yeah, this it's worth noting, right? What with me being very you know a teacher. And and having yes. a lot of concerns and thoughts about education on a pretty regular basis, um, that's the thing I think about a lot. And like this movie hits one of my like if there's a, if there's a button like labeled like things that will get Pat riled up, right. it's enormous. And this is basically the button, right? And like watching like this movie is making very powerful critiques about what is education, right. where the way that and even- like and like bear in mind. The characters, certain characteristics of it have changed, but like the goals haven't, right? The goal is to create a certain percentage of population that is like expendable. It's interchangeable. It's cogs in a machine that you can dump into this like mine and like and and extract resources with little to no concern about the individuals involved, right? You have to write off a certain percentage of your generation, of each generation to accomplish that goal. Um, Right. And the school we're at has already already passed through stage one of that sorting. Right. Right. So so theoretically everyone in the school is 
one of those cogs. Right, but now what um, you're doing is you're you're now you're sorting out your cogs. There's still two piles that can be formed, and, and Ken Loach makes a reference right. to this, and there's a couple references in the movie as well, obviously. But now you're sorting: is the cog going to wield a pencil or a shovel? They're both right. cogs. Right. They're both totally interchangeable. None of these people are going to make anything of their lives. The system is not set up for them to be right. allowed to do that. Um, yeah. But what you can do is decide whether you're going to sweat, like, you know, whether or not you're going to sweat in the mine or you're going to sweat in, yeah. a, in a fucking accounting house or whatever. David David Bradley himself in one of the interviews puts it, uh, instead of being cannon fodder, as they would have been in previous generations, they are just factory fodder. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a very yeah. apt point, right? Like, Yeah, and it's... And it's worth noting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's also you know even the one good teacher, Farthing, is still mean until he recognizes something in Billy. Uh, you know he's punishing him by making him talk about something, and then it happens that the something he talks about shows a real passion and interest. Right. He that, like he clicks with him as he recognizes. Right? Like, yeah. And and and, and then can only oh, go ahead. But only can interact with him through cliche. He comes and sees in and says, wow, that's the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Uh, which I hope isn't true, but maybe it is. I don't know. But it's still cliched. Whether right. It's I true. mean, I yeah, we get into a sort of thing, right, where, like, he's he's done the thing that, like, is a very common thing that happens, right? He's done the thing where it's like he sees a parade of these kids every year, right, and he's essentially dehumanized them in his mind because he can't... Right. If he forms sympathetic, like, deep human connections with him, with all of them, he's going to drive himself insane, right? And that, that's a really serious right. problem, right? Because the system is a meat grinder. If you start to sympathize with all the things that go through the meat grinder, you're just going to sort of grind yourself up, right? You can't... You if You, it, you, you can try, and, and plenty of teachers try right like to try to like kind of like continuously establish sort of a concern for the people going through the meat grinder and then also like sort of self trying to self-correct to like avoid the sort of again the sort of psychic damage that that does to you uh but it's hard right like he he and and so like you can kind of there's a lot of really nasty adults in this movie but the system has conditioned them all to recognize these as just more worthless kids. We're just trying to f- get them through mandatory education long enough to like ship off to like go fucking dig holes, basically. Um, yeah, that's all they're worth. Um, and 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 these teachers are resentful too because, in many ways, right? Like, a they never imagined that they were going to be the man, the people who turned the crank on the meat grinder, right? You don't sign right. up to be a teacher to turn the crank of the meat grinder. That's not right. why they were. That's not why they did it. That's not why they're there. But that is what their job is, right? And like, part of the sort of trick of the education system, the way the education like sort of establishment works, is convincing a lot of people that they're not going to be the crank wielder, and then turning almost every single one of them into the crank wielder, and then right. watching them all get really resentful about that, which makes them an even better crank turner. Yeah. And also, what are you going to do? Stop turning the crank? Then you starve to death. Right. Well, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's always worth noting that in capitalism there is no freedom because you yeah. are always the, the, you always operate under the threat of death. Right. You always operate under the threat of starvation, homelessness, and and we right. know from like the previous movie we get a direct sort of glimpse into like 
is a very real option that you will just be allowed to die on the street. Yeah. And everybody knows it. The, the, the threat is ever present in the lives of all the people everywhere in this movie. Right. And like, it's worth noting the thing I was going to kind of like address earlier was like the fact that they're all being thrown away and nobody cares is not a thing that is, is a thing that is well known to all the people involved. Right. Including the students, including the parents, the the people who live in this town, you are the city, the world considers you garbage and not worth anything is a thing that is ever present in the minds of all the people involved. Right. It's not like, the townspeople are unaware of their place in in the world, right? They're all very, very aware, right? And, of course, when they try to correct that, the government shows up with police that beat the shit out of them, right? And then ban the movies about it. Yeah, but there's also the the social aspect of uh, your father was a coal miner, your grandfather was a coal miner, are you too good to be a coal miner? Right, but bear in mind, like, that... hmm, How do I talk about that? That pull is not nearly as strong as a lot of movies would have you believe. I think that's fair too. Um, yeah. A lot of movies that were made think, about that sort of glorify the manual labor, like this, the world of manual yeah. labor, want to make it seem like, well, you know, I, my, I was, I'm a coal miner. My, my father was wanna, a coal miner before me. Like, if yeah. somebody offered you an opportunity to go get a job that wasn't digging holes in the ground, you would take it in a heartbeat. Right. You just right. know that's a post. Accepted from a very young age, right. your lot in life is not the it's same. It's a post fact justification. Right. Not, right. You are you are making yourself like, reason feel better. For doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which you have to, because again, you have to maintain your sanity. You cannot, people go nuts pretty often when they really take a deep, long look into the, like, sort of the heart of the yeah. machine. It can really do a lot of mental damage. I think, to to jump out to Kathy Come Home real quick, that's actually a really smart thing I think the film does, is that when, uh, is Reg her husband's name? I, I think, think so. I, I'm bad with uh, names, as you know. <clears throat> when her husband is first talking to her about the job he has, uh, he describes an unregulated truck driving job, ununionized truck driving job. Right. Ah, uh, you know, yeah, I, I can essentially pick my own hours. They don't really mind if I you know, when I come and go and as long as the work gets done, blah, blah, blah. And then it's that exact unre- <laughs> unregulation of his job that punishes him after the accident. Right, right. There's like, no well, there's not- <laughs> no disability benefits. There's nothing. There's no there's yeah. nothing that like makes it like yeah. And like, you know, that's so, that's always you know, the thing. But that's right? an example. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He might convince himself that that's a thing he loves about the job. That that you know that's very it's very loose, right? But it's also a justification, uh, yeah, a post fact justification in the same way, right? Right. No, this right. is actually good for me because this, this, and this, and this, and this. Yeah, it's terrible pay, and I can't afford to stay in a house or have a kid and barely can afford to have a wife, especially if she doesn't work. Uh, but at least I can uh, I can stay out late and sleep in a little bit. Well, and that and that's the thing, right, is that, like, you know, our, our, our character in the first movie, Reg, is a victim, is, is, is just another person who was already essentially thrown away, right? And to a certain extent, right, like, the sort of like what is a what is a sort of permanent scab position in the like the sort of the well I forget what the name of right. I, I forget what it's called when you transport goods between like the train station and the other place it has to be. There's a term for it. <laughs> has always been an intensely unregulated market. Uh, right. that right. is very hard to unionize because 
you you're constantly well these things are happening a lot and sure enough there sure is a lot of turnover in this industry as a result of accidents and other things like that yeah um you know you, 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 yeah, I mean trucking in general. Trucking in general, although you know, depending a, on like where and how, like, a non. Yeah, it, uh, like you know, good for the people who made it work and it made a, a very powerful union out of it. Uh, but even those unions fail to penetrate certain, uh, like a lot of parts of that environment because it's such a big, big industry. Um, but yeah, right. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's just you know he 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 tried like he's. But he's just, he's just a, um, you know, just, you know, it's just this kid nine, you know, X number of years down the road, right? Basically, right? Uh, you know, because that's the system is designed to do, right? Like, um, you know, yeah. you know, because Billy is 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 de- if Billy doesn't want to go in the mine, this is what Billy's destined for, right? Because Billy's was always meant to go in the mine, right? Like that was like that's right. the purpose of this school. The unwritten purpose of this school is to generate miners. I think someone points out in one of those features that one of one of the common reactions to the movie is, "Well, he could he could be a zookeeper. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't anyone encourage him to be a zookeeper?" And, and Loach's response is, "Oh, you really missed the point of the movie, didn't well, you?" Well, so that's the thing, uh, right? Though, is that like a lot of people have been. You know that's the training you get, right? It, like, yeah, we we are a part of the system is to train people to think that that very neoliberal thought of like, well, you can be anything you want. You know, like, why isn't anybody helping him become this thing? Well, you know, he's already he's already been written off. He's not going to get to be anything uh, other than like what at, at best he might get to be a, a transient farmhand, right? Which maybe might be akin to something he like. Eight steps removed for something he might actually like to do, but then again, that's also a non-union job. That eventually, when he gets hurt doing this thing that they need him to, that the society desperately needs him to do, will chuck him to the to the curb, right? Right. Right. Yeah. His. Yeah. At least the mines is a job you can have for life. Well, you I can't guess. until Thatcher comes along. Yeah. Right, it's right, a, right, it's right. A, it's until a you try, until you try to unionize, right? It's, it's a job you can well, have for life. Even, even before, right? Like you know, if you look at the sort of the, the the Thatcher progress and 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 like part of the reason you need to unionize is the fact that like oh, we're just going to start shutting down all industry in this country. We're going to financialize everything. We're going to become right. We're going to do that thing, right? We're going to stop doing industry here and start doing it as a sort. You know, we're completely bought by by the financial interest that would like to move this overseas, right? Um, so now, you know, the mines are already, uh, like, headed towards being shut down. Now it's just a matter of, like, what can you do to, like, make sure that, like, those of you who still get, who are still mining are not, like, even more exploited than you were before, right? Um, right. Because, like, I mean, like, there's a whole, you know, it's, you know, Bear in mind, this is also an era where, like, every steel mill is shut down. Every, every, essentially, every productive factory in the country is shut down in favor of of moving, you know, moving production overseas. Yeah, and the reason yeah. you're moving it overseas is because a way to deal with the contradiction between the fact that you need prices to continue to go down, but you need, like, you know, a way to deal with that is to 
more heavily exploit the workers and you can't you've, you've you've sort of hit your limit inside of your own country right you've sort of hit the the sort of mathematical limit there um, so you need the production chain to get cheaper yes and um and some of the more documentary bits of uh Kathy come home talk about that from the yeah, other side yeah. and the immigra- immigration and, and uh, uh, migration within the country and you know that those folks are there because they have to be there right right yeah because, I mean and, and the, 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 because, the documentary because the country has explicit. forced them to be there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the documentary yeah. is, is the I find Kathy come home is nice because Kathy come home is like shameless in its in its willingness to just tell you the thing it's trying to say which right. like of course you know like in uh, voiceovers yeah, every a movie 20 is nice so. in, yeah. when a movie can like be subtle and, and artistic and stuff and Kathy Coleman right. was artistic and so and it is artistic I'm not trying to but like it also just has a bunch of voiceover being like look fucker here's the point yeah. we're trying to make and of course we get we get hints of that same sort of thing with some scenes like when uh um yeah, uh, uh, Billy's mom has her inner dialogue about, or or she's talking to a prospective boyfriend, I think, actually at the club, and talking about how maybe if Billy lives, maybe if we live somewhere else, or he came from a different situation, things could be better for him. But she's essentially written him off too. And well, yeah. I mean, and she's already seen um, one kid. Like, and and bear in mind, right? Uh, right. And bear in mind, uh. Billy's mom is just the character from Kathy Come Home where things worked out a little bit better, right? Yeah. Dad's gone. They're, like, all living in a council estate house that's, like, one bedroom. Like, it's all very – and, and the only reason that exists is to support the mining community there. Um, But, like, you know, there's you, – you can – you can tell, right? But that there are like they're also like the lowest end of the social ladder in their town, right? Like, there's yeah. a reference I in almost... like um, when r- very early on in the movie in the at the beginning of like the guy who runs the newspaper stand talks about how he you know everybody said we shouldn't I shouldn't have hired like essentially a reference to like a person from your part of town, right? Because you're all thieves and like and like you get this sort of like. The movie, this one, it, like, you know, Kess is less full of it because more people are just sort of in the same sort of social position. But both movies are full of the sort of contempt that the bourgeoisie experience uh, have for, uh, yes. you know, the people they employ, right? Right, right. But also the the contempt that the system grows between people. Yeah. at the lowest right, level. even within within the in same, order to the keep them class, from com- right, yeah. forming community. Right. Yeah, well, and and, and yeah. Loach references the I like that talks about the fact that like that was a a whole sort of like you know Thatcher is a is a is a sort of functionary uh, a very aggressive one right. of of a system that was aiming to create to de sort of uh, to atomize the working class right. Right. The the already you downtrodden. Know, hey, they they've still got too much sort of class awareness and and uh, right, you know, ability yeah. to uh, like operate together. So we have to undo if, that. If the Criterion Collection itself were 
political in the way we want it to be political. It would have been smart to have us watch Kess before he watched Fish Tank, right? Right. It, although it does, yeah, it does. It does feel um, very, you know, they. It does. It is a fascinating. Like, hey, boy, we sure did like pick a theme for a little while here. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, Fish Tank was eight weeks ago, so it's I not know, even. But you and I like, experienced. I, time I briefly thought that maybe play. you know, there's always the chance that they announced that they were getting both of these films at the same time with the intention of putting them back to back, but then something happened and one got pushed back for whatever right. reason. And that does occasionally happen with the Criterion Collection, but it usually doesn't happen that over that big of a distance, eight spine numbers. Right, right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, because, you know, not not just Fish Tank, but particularly uh, particularly the short film Wasp about the about the single mother on the date with, with her kids right, hanging out right, outside yeah, the bar. Yeah was was something I thought a lot about yeah, me too. in certain me too. parts of both Kathy Come Home and, and Kess. Was there another um, movie where you saw, like, wasn't that one not that long ago that was also in, in a sort of, like, akin to the same thing? What would, Wasn't there something else sort of the, in this kind of, like, wheelhouse, not, like, even a little bit further ago? I can't remember. Like, I, I don't know, I, maybe. I, thought, maybe I definitely I was thinking about... Uh, fish tank a lot while we were watching this but i was like oh wow this is not that far removed with from this other thing and i can't remember what it was so it could just be yeah a dream i had <laughs> about, are, about a these more are things we often dream about unfortunately yeah well yeah. we watch a lot of these movies and some most of the time you and i have to create a sort of whole cloth uh, our 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 communism in our movie, and then every so often we just get one that is just that thing, and it's so it's so invigorating. Yeah. Unfortunately, however long ago it was, I don't know just before Fish Tank, we had Broadcast News and Chronos, and then that gets us back to the uh, the BBS box set. So I don't know how far back you're. Uh, yeah, about, I don't know. But it wasn't. I wasn't it thinking was, about. It Kronos was more than sure. four months. Although Chronos is so. not without its commentary on the, on, <laughs> right, on, right, 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 on the capitalist system being uh, a bunch of fucking vampires. Uh, yes, that is its its very upfront metaphor. Yeah. So certainly. you know, it's uh, uh, it's you know, what I think it yeah. is is that like Criterion's burn through a lot of their like not politically dangerous films. Yeah, they have to start showing. Well, hopefully not all of them. No, no, I mean like has burned through the Obviously ones not that, all of like, them. You no, know, certainly not. But has has to yeah. a certain extent maybe been its hand has been forced to maybe start showing us more aggressive stuff. Or just all of every movie yeah. that came out in two thousand nine. Because we've seen <laughs> yes, like twelve yes. of them. The the greatest year uh. for film, apparently. <laughs> uh the greatest year for uh, Criterion's budget. Certainly. Right, right. When they had, <laughs> when they were flush with DVD money, <laughs> yes, uh, before that yes. all got pissed away, and they had to start making deals with fucking Time. What was it? Uh, Turner. Felt <laughs> Universal after. for a while, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Which, uh, whatever or that whatever. one. Oh that yeah, one yeah. That we were, had a subscription to for exactly one year before it all fell. Oh apart. yes, 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 yes. That was called. Uh, just. Filmstruck was the yeah, actual name of it, it. and it. it was with it was with Turner Classic Movies, um, which did yeah. seem like a ma- match made in heaven. I don't actually know what happened there, but uh, I really am yeah. a fan of. I think they. This is the one time I say sort of bravo to the the weird nebulization of the of the media industry as far as like everybody has to have their own streaming service. Criterion's doing a quite a good job of it, 
Uh, despite yeah. not being, as, I, I would say that their streaming service is far more politically active than their oh, DVD yeah. release series has ever been. Like they, their theme stuff is often quite. Uh, I mean, it's not like blow your mind, but like they, 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 they can go fairly. It's, it's rather early. provocative. Yeah, yeah. If, if nothing else, it is doing like what you would get at a uh, at a, um, a sort of like independent theater, right? Like, okay, we're right. going to show you. We've picked a theme. That theme is, of course, topical because we want you to watch the movies. Right. Uh, but yeah. as it turns out, that that also does tend to be um, things that are maybe a little bit more politically aggressive. So, yeah, I did like um, one of the things I liked in Kess is there's even as David, well, not David, David's the actor. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, it's a really easy yeah. thing to do that, uh, right? Even as Billy, uh, as a character, insists to like the, you know, he's so disinterested in talking to the jobs yeah. man that uh, that he's like, well, I can't, I can't really read or write. But we've seen him essentially memorize a book over the course of this well, movie but already. So he's, <laughs> oh man, this is so like, like this is why like yeah. a, a movie about education, like I need to be able, yeah. like we kind of did ourselves a, a disservice by watching. We almost could have just split this into two different uh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I have not gotten we to talk do. about education nearly as much as I would have liked to, right? Like, Billy yeah. is a part of the way the system sort of uh, sort of tears children down, right, is everybody, including, like, the adults around him who are not his teachers, have essentially, part of telling Billy he's worthless, told him he doesn't know how to read and write, essentially. Like, his brother yeah. does it, the school does right. it. They've assigned him the label that. of being a dummy, right? And so he's yeah. internalized that, right? He's made that a part of his like sort of self-conceptualization, despite the fact that, yes, he memorized an entire fucking book on falconry that was full of words he didn't understand except for in the context provided by the book. Right. It's incredibly high-level reading material, right? Like, it's full of, of um, you know, words that are, sp are um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's full of um, sort of terms of art. That like yeah it explains but he has to sort of like rectify those into his vocabulary and he does right like right he's he's when he's talking to the class he's extremely knowledgeable he's an expert as far as yeah you know he's done the thing he's read about the thing yeah, yeah he's only read the one book but he like internalized everything that book had to say um, and right. it, it part of teaching him he's worthless involves like doing things like degrading his ability to read, his ability to write. I'm right. sure they also told him he's bad at math. You need to prepare him to believe that the mind is the only thing that is actually suited that he is suited to. Right. That's that's the system. He has to he it's not good enough that you see him that way. He has to see himself that way. Or else he might, I don't know, fucking try to start a union and then you have to send it to the police and beat the shit out of it. Right. Sometimes the army I mean, are there is there a, is a is there a mean in mon, in the modern world is there a meaningful <laughs> difference between these two things? Oh no, certainly not. I, I don't. Um, they're probably. They're, I mean, I say the modern world. Was there ever a meaningful difference between the like much much like much like colonial like you know colonial like uh, fascism is just the application of colonial techniques to the to to the inner well into the, into the inner world. Yeah. Police are just the application of military techniques into your internal population, right? You just, just do yeah, the yeah. thing to your Every, people instead of other people. 
Every state police agency in the United States that calls its state troopers troopers uh, started as an alternative to having the uh, the standing uh, National Guard be the strike breakers. Right. Right. Pennsylvania state troopers started that way. West Virginia state troopers started that way. Ohio state troopers started that way. Uh, and, you know, the funny thing about it is, is when they're talking in the documentary about the band, like the band movies, right? And one of the pieces yeah. of things, that, one of the things they're talking about is this, like, the idea that, like, well, you know, some of the police didn't have numbers on their on their sleeves, right? To, like, right because they're trying to avoid being identified, right? Like, of course. Right. They didn't. Like, we all know. And they say, like, well, that just means that they were they were just thugs, right? And the funny thing about it is, is that, like, even in the most dire circumstances, even these people who have just been like abused by the police, right? Can't quite get over the sort of neoliberal uh, understanding of the world that like there's a difference between a thug, a higher thug, and a policeman. Like they can't quite know? let go of it because it's so ingrained into you, so young I, that they're like talking about it as if those words mean different things. I I love the guy trying to present it as uh, no, they're not real police because legally a real police officer would have to have a number, and that is that you know technically true. Yeah, I mean, he's technically by right, the wording but he's of got, he's, sure. he, even though he but is they, certainly they not. They are hired police. Right. They're hired to be police officers. Do you know how many photographs I have taken of police officers with no identification on, on them? No numbers, no badges, no. Well, and, and, uh, and the 2020 and, was a was a banner year for that sort of right, thing. And, and they were all real cops. Right. And, uh, and, and But the thing about it is, is that like when you come down to brass tacks, that that that's a distinction without significance, right? It right. has no right. meaning because, yeah, the cops are also just hug, thugs hired to beat you up. Yeah, yeah, sure. They technically might have rules that govern them, but they don't really. Like, and none clearly, of them none of those union breaking those police rules. out there, whether <laughs> yeah. they were real police or not, had any rules binding them that kept them under control, right? They're busting right. people's heads and stuff with uh with fucking billy clubs, right? Like. The point of the matter is, is that like saying, "Oh, well, they're not real police officers; they're just hired thugs," yeah. implies it, that you've mentally conceived that there's a difference between those two things that there's not. And in Columbus, it it worked. Well, it worked. Sure. It worked here three, too. Like those the are the union guys saying that, right? They yeah, can't right. let go of the thing that was browbeaten to them by school from childhood, yeah. right? This sort of this sort of modern neoliberal conception of like the way governments are are laid out it's just it's not even beyond neoliberal it's li just like sort of cold hard liberal right like of like a liberal democracy where like oh no you're the police are not just thugs hired to beat me up yeah yeah they are yeah they're not there to yeah. keep you yeah. safe yeah. they're there to keep the mind safe right. and make sure it I remains like productive they work for capital not for you right. uh and In the aftermath you know in the aftermath of the police rioting of 2020 here in Columbus, and, and this happened all, all around the United States, um, because the police officers took off their identification, they could not be identified. And because no one could be identified, they couldn't be punished. But then also, that meant that in court, the people who were identified, the police officers who were being prosecuted, were able to say, well, all these other police officers didn't do it. You're not applying, or did it, and and you're not applying the law evenly. So I should I should not be punished for a thing that everyone right, was which doing. is which is an and argument that agreed. only works when the court is like already <laughs> inherently on the side of 
of course of the police yeah. in the capital right but like of course they are that's the way the system yeah. works like you were never going to get just the just the system was never going to mete out justice to itself ha ha right. ha ha right. like who yeah. are you kidding right right as as uh as was stated in the times of harvey milk about turning turning over the investigation for the assassination to the forces that committed the assassination. Right, right, exactly. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, yeah, uh-huh, okay, sort of uh, feeling, right? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Kess doesn't directly deal with any of that. That's all right, but background. Ke- but Kess takes, we never, we never yeah, see yeah. the mine in Kess. We just have the threat of the mine. Well, we, we see the entrance to the mine, and we see people plunging into darkness, right? And we, oh, and that's, we, that is true. And, that and is it's true. worth noting that, like, there's a reason why Billy understands the world the way he does, because he has seen, he knows enough, right? He's seen enough to know right. that, like, I don't want to go down there. None of the people who go down, like, a lot of the people who go down there you you know they have fun with the money they, they you know they they but it's always going to be a sort of like mask right like right like you know it we don't we don't talk about how many people die like we we do actually talk very very obliquely about how many people have died in the mine because the one the job counselor like tries to convince billy that no it's fine it's way safer than it used to be yeah it's like, well, yeah. hardly anybody dies down there now. Like, is a such a fun, like, fucked statement that, like, for a job counselor to say to a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. Well, like, hardly anybody ever dies down there. I mean, he doesn't actually say that, he, but that's the implication, right? Like, well, it's way safer than it used to be. Is, is, is such a tacit admission that, yeah, this is a real fucking dangerous job. Um, and it's probably only safer because... Of, of worker action in the first place, right? Like, the, the bosses didn't make it safer because they just felt like being nice, right? Labor action made it safer, right? So, And the government will make it not safer later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to, I mean, there's going to be, you know, yeah. I mean, well, more often than not, the government doesn't even have to make it not safer because, like, they'll just shut the industry down, right? They'll just subsidize yeah. the industry as it slowly dies away. And they don't actually have to make any coal anymore. They can just somebody can make profit on the on the conception that coal might be made. You know, much much the way farming works, right? In, in the United States, at least, of like, well, we'll pay you to not make coal. Right, right, right. <laughs> ah, but plenty of people are going to get elected on the promise of clean coal that'll bring the coal industry back. I, I wonder. Murder- We'll murder your children in the same way we murdered your grandparents. And don't yeah. you want that? I mean, clean coal, presumably, uh, also doesn't give you black lung. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Like. Of course. You know, my, I, you know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's just like, but the funny thing is, is like, I wonder, I wonder if um, Britain had, ha- had and has a, like, bunch of clean coal freaks or not right oh almost certainly because like the coal industry's been gone from britain even sort of longer than it's been gone from from the u.s right uh so i kind of wonder if if i i'd be curious to know is all i'm saying yeah well don't pretend like it doesn't exist in either of those places still no 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 i know but like it's 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 a it's a shambling corpse in the united states it's even more of a shambling corpse in, in the uk 
Right, right. Yeah. Um, prop it up. Uh, the bits where Billy is presented as, as an actual child, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, him reading the comic, I really loved. And the way the way the camera panned over the comic, I really loved too. Just quick, quick pan. That might as well have been a jump cut to the next frame. Well, right, especially the the, since like it, it, you were in this really funny thing where it's like Billy's not reading the whole comic either. <laughs> like Billy's right, 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 Billy's right. skimming this shit, and so are you yeah. because Billy's in charge. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, the the bits where it gets almost Moby Dicky. Where where Billy is just reading the uh, the the bird training manual to us while we watch him do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, David did actually learn. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It seems like he actually like, learned. Yeah, had to learn falconry. Falconry, which is which is pretty um, wild. Yeah. Also, also in order to get the three birds they got for the movie, because they had to have understudies. Uh, Garnet puts it, I believe. Yeah, it it's just a fun um, way to put that. It's very yes. funny. Uh, was they just stole three juveniles out of out of? I mean, you know, my uh, the same way. That is what that's you how do, you right? But yes, because <laughs> yeah, that's how you get a falcon, there, like a you're not. There's yes. not at least. I I I mean, who knows now in the world we live in now? But like, there's not a a falcon store. Right, right, yeah, but just just the idea that uh, these grown adult men wanting to make this movie. Are going about going about learning falconry the exact same way that the character in the movie right, right, yes, yes, falconry, yes. which is just, oh, I saw a bird. I'll gonna steal that bird. <laughs> I'm gonna kid that that bird and then get a book. Yeah, uh, we're gonna steal. I assume they did not steal their book. No, probably didn't steal the book, but maybe we don't know. Knows? We do not know. I cannot attest one way or the other. Um. Perhaps I could pull a, a, a BBC thing and 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 condemn and and imply that they heavily that they stole the book that they learned falconry from uh but like not not in a libelous way yeah it's um it it is neat to think like i don't want to do falconry uh but it is neat to think that like the making of the movie fundamentally required a bunch of people to learn falconry just to like do the movie is a very fun right thing to like hold in your mind Including a child. Yeah. Well, I mean. Who took to it very well, apparently. I mean, to be fair, like, that's my kind of understanding of this whole thing is that, like, that's kind of the way these things work, right? Like, you. Yeah. This is the sort of thing you get into when you're, like, a kid or a teenager, right? And then it becomes the thing you like to do because it makes you happy, right? Um, Whether it's stealing birds and and then trading them or what, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There's a quote from Ken Loach that sort of undermines a lot of what we've been talking about for the last half hour. Okay, um, do tell. That's uh, that's in the essay, uh, talking about you know the you know I mentioned earlier that you know people see the film and say oh can he get a job at a zoo? Loach says if it's not Billy who's going to be exploited as unskilled labor, it's going to be someone else who's in Billy's predicament. The world just isn't prepared to take on board the fact that he has talent and imagination because he's expected to work in the pit for all his life, like his brother. And that's if he's lucky. And just, you know, back to Loach's approach to making this is just, you know, I don't know Loach's background. Uh, occasionally we get, we get people from, 
uh, higher income brackets in their childhoods who who still end up making phenomenal movies about the working class. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's what Ken Loach is. I don't know if, if it's not. Uh, but he is somebody who who absolutely understands exactly what he's saying. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, like he's. If nothing, what well, so like the funny thing is, right, is that like Ken Loach is is benefiting from in some ways, right? Like he's post the like he's far enough down the line, right, from like the shit we've talked about from like the sixties and seventies of like this sort of like liberal sort of like we're gonna build a, a new better world, like, but we're not gonna have to we're not gonna actually have to do anything to make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. he's he's very much existing in a sort of realist world about uh, the things around him, right? He's he's, I mean, in, in that way, he is a he's a materialist, right? He's a Marxist. He's identified the material conditions of the world he lives in, and he's not willing to sort of like fucking fudge the numbers, right? <laughs> like, right, the world is the world. Like the th- the material conditions of the material conditions. You know, he he. He understands that, like, Billy, Billy's story is not about Billy, right? Like, Billy's story is about a, a person, a kind of person in a kind of place, right? And his point that he's trying to make that is very, that is very important that, like, is that, like, every Billy has talents, desires, interests, things they're good at, things they're bad at. Every, every person does, right? And the fact of the matter is that the system is designed to quash those things as hard as possible, and make sure that like you get a thousand billies instead of it and and paying it and that's what i mean about like the teachers turning the meat grinder right like every kid every person has those things in them and i you're if you look if you turn your eye to it you will find it in every single one right right and that will drive you insane because you're also going to send all of them down to the pit right right uh, right, if right. you're lucky, you might send some of them to the pencil pit instead of the pit pit. But they're right. all essentially going to end up shoveling. And um, right. and acknowledging that can be a very, like, again, there's a lot of sort of mental and psychic damage that happens there that, like, a lot of people don't handle well, right? Like, and even if you think you are one of the ones that handles it well, you might not. Or you do what his other, the one teacher, I don't, don't ask me the names of any of the teachers, um, does, which is like occasionally form a connection to one of them or a couple of yeah. them. But like the, every kid in there, ever in that class has things about them that like are are worthwhile and, and important. They're, they're humans, right? They Of course they do. But like if he if he does that for all forty every year, and then he watches almost all of them end up in the pit in a system that has no interest in any of those traits or those desires right. or those likes and dislikes or anything like that, how many how many blocks of forty or whatever sixty can you watch that happen to before you go before you go mad right? Yeah, and which is go ahead. Which is why people like the headmaster Grice. Uh, react the way they yeah, do. Yeah, no, and they it's just shut everything. It's like right. I have no sympathy specifically for Grice or anything like that. But like, undoubtedly, Grice did not get into teaching to beat children. He might have. He might right. be a sadistic fuck <laughs> right maybe, from day one. Maybe. There's no way to know, right? But like, he's Grice has not identified the material 
conditions he's not identified the the real heart of the matter and he's doing the old man thing where he just gripes about how kids are bad these days right right that's how and he's dealt with his crime. psychic the, the psychic yeah. trauma right he's like well they all just suck so it doesn't matter if they get sent down to the pit they're not like my generation they're not like the generation that came before them that i ra- that i taught which you probably treated exactly the same way because they were also Who also not, all yeah, they also yeah. ended up in the pit, right? In fact, maybe them ending up in the pit is what made him like that. We don't know, right? Like, yeah. we, we don't know. Maybe he saw a bunch of them get essentially thrown away as human refuse and and couldn't handle it, right? Again, he could right. also have been a sick fuck from day one. Some people get into education for the power. Like, same as, like, you know, the the primary way that police are generated, right? Like, I want to be right. a sadistic asshole to people who can't say no, can't do anything about it, right? Um, right. It's there's no way to know on a, except for like on a case by case basis, getting to know them. Like that gym teacher is a fucked individual, but like the things that made him that way were probably his own school rearing, right? <laughs> like he probably he learned those behaviors most certainly from his gym teacher or something to that effect. Right. Right. It's it's just everybody. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be the meat grinder crank turner, but almost inevitably everybody becomes one, especially in education because that's its only functional purpose. Right. I understand what the movie is actually about, but for me, so, to a certain extent, the movie is is even more explicitly about education rather than the sort of system itself. And like, uh, I mean, the movie is about yeah. that, but like, uh, you know, Ken Loach says that's what it's about. But like, you know, you you can't. It's a sort of inevitable thing that we all have to come to grips with. Is like in the sixties and stuff, and like, there's a lot of very like high minded shit written about education. And then everybody right. eventually learns that they're a meat grinder handle turner, essentially right. of of one sort or another, right? Like you know, you might be um, you might be turning the meat grinder handle for a different sort of person who will toil in anonymity. Right. Maybe it won't be in a pit, but then like you know, and and one of your jobs, weirdly enough, is to convince a bunch of people that like. The thing you're you're kind of making them in like making them suited to is like a career they'll actually enjoy, right? And right. like inevitably, the thing I was talking to I was talking to Rumi kind of about a, a tangential subject related to this is like this idea that like you convince a bunch of people that like this career is a thing they're gonna love, and that like you know you're just you know, and then like inevitably some crazy percentage of my students after two years working that job that they've been convinced they're going to love quit because it turns out it kind of sucked. Um, because like inevitably you don't tell them that they're going to go work in the pit, right? You tell them that this is going to be great. You're going to really enjoy it, all this stuff. And then like, it's just another pit that, that the office isn't the pit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, coincidentally, uh, the first English language translation of pedagogy of the oppressed Paulo Freire's uh, right, book yeah. came out the same year as this movie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Obviously, um, no, one's, no one's going to teach, the system won't teach children 
in a way uh, that uh, makes them not want to be in the pit or makes them want to unionize the pit. Right, right. They, they, you like, can't, and, like, the thing about it is, is that, and that's, a, like, a whole other thing, right, because we get into, like, what the kind of teaching I have to do versus the kind of teaching that this school has to do. This school doesn't even have to care to convince them they'll like the pit because the yeah. structure of the system is set up in such a way that, like, they don't, they literally have a gun to their head, right? They don't, you go in the pit whether you like it or not, right? Uh, whereas, like, in the sort of more middle-class environment that I'm working in, the sort of, like, petty bourgeoisie sort of adjacent environment that I'm working in, you can't just hold the gun to their head. The gun's still there, don't get me wrong. Uh, right. But, like, you have to, but because they have enough social mobility through their family, they could decide they don't like the pit you're selling them right and then and then now you're out of a business model uh so you actually actually have to actively convince them the pit's a great place to hang out uh you'll love it down there um and barely anyone dies anymore yeah <laughs> barely anyone dies i mean luckily most of the jobs my students get into there's still of course there's a, the requisite amount of social murder that happens in any in any right. job related to right. capitalism right but relative rel- relatively little um, but nonetheless, right, like, f- a lot of kids find out that, like, oh, fuck, like, doing paperwork in this shitty office environment is not, like, the bill of goods I was sold, right? But, yeah. like, you know, that is what you were sold, right? You you were you were sold on this, like, this, you know, we're going to get you a great career, you're going to, like, it's going to be great. And then, boy, I do sort of seem to just work with some old assholes who, boss me around and you know make me do paperwork for them uh a lot but yeah i mean you're you're smart to point out that the teachers of the system the system as far as we see it are the teachers right and the teachers the teachers are also victims of the system right they're not yeah i mean exactly like they that yeah and that is the sort of thing i'm getting at right is that like they are no i mean they all are right but then again like the nature of these systems is like we're all in it, right? Like no one is outside of it except for a very, I mean, there's not nobody that's outside of it. They just live in the attic, right? Like we don't, we don't right. interact with them. They're not, they're not relevant to us on a day-to-day basis. Right. And the, and the teachers are, their job is to propagate this system. Um, it, like that's not the job that that's not what's written on their job description. Of course. Right. Their job description is to educate young minds, right, or whatever. And again, there were a lot of like big deals made in the in the in the sort of more in a certain era of education, the sixties, seventies, right, about like building a kinder, gentler like education system that's concerned about like the desires and dreams of the children and like trying to engage with those and and actually teach them. And then you know you get a lot of pushes for a lot of really good things. These are not bad things. Don't get me wrong. But they do fundamentally have to ignore the materialistic conditions of, like, the material conditions of, like, yeah, but you're still going to the pit, man. We've opened your world to a world of books. Now enjoy the pit. We can, you can expand your mind. You can be whatever you want in the fucking pit. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the sort of, like, the new version of it, right? And, again, right. the teachers are not, like, they're not, the aggressiveness is not is not there to be like they don't necessarily want the kids to go in the pit, but 
the teachers are already in their own pit, right? Like it's already everybody. Everybody's in the. F- uh, to to switch to slightly. Uh, welcome to Woman of the Dunes. We're all in the fucking hole, man. Right. We're all down there. There's nobody actually like none of us are at the top of the hole. We're all in the bottom of the hole. We're all in the pit. Right. Right. Some people are up at the top of the pit, but we ain't it, and you don't know any of them. Just stumbling in the dark. Yeah. Hoping not to die. Yeah, hoping, hoping, hoping that the well, they, as they say, uh, way you know what is it like? It's way less dangerous than it used to be down in the pit. Oh yeah, yeah. The pit hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> right, right. It's got to be better. Uh well. We could talk about Kess for hours. Uh, we could. I mean, like, literally, I could. we could just never end this episode. I could just do Kess yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's a movie that's definitely going to stick with me we, for And a we, long the thing time. is, we don't get a lot of education-adjacent movies, and when we do, more often than not, for me at least, um, they tend to be not, um, you know, what they could be, right? They tend to be less aggressive about what they say about education than they should. And, like, Kess is delightfully uh aggressive about it right it it says right the thing yeah it's love the the one teacher that almost almost dead poet societies him just can't can't help but speak in cliche is just yeah. such a perfect note yeah. too well and the thing and that, <laughs> that you know it, you know not the uh, at the risk of just repeating myself, like that's a defense mechanism, right? Like that's part of the system, right? right? It's like, oh, absolutely. it's cliches absolutely. because that, that psychic damage will get you, man. Like you'll, you'll get too close. You'll get too invested and then you'll watch them go in the pit. And then you'll run into yeah. them a year, a couple of years later and be like, how are you doing? Like, how are things? Oh, I'm in the pit. And you say to yourself, ah, fuck, he's in the pit. Of course he is. Yeah. Where else was he going to go? Uh, Indeed. Ah, well, this week we've been talking about Kess from 1970, directed by Ken Loach. Next week we'll talk about Blowout from 1981 from Brian De Palma. Um, it's been a while since we watched De Palma. Uh, Sisters, I think, might be the only one we've watched, and that was probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah a long <laughs> time ago. Yeah. When was Sisters? Sisters was spine number 89. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Watch Kess. It's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I, I think, I, I think maybe even recommend... holds up better than 400 Blows. Oh, no, uh, I think it definitely is because yeah. there's, I mean, like, again, we talked about this, like, earlier on, right? Like, there's a fundamental difference between when, you're, when your creator has done sort of a material analysis on the situation versus not, has a, has a right, framework right, right, or right, doesn't. Right, right, right. It matters. And we, and we know uh, for a fact that, <laughs> that Truffaut has not done that. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to Lost and Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Ovitari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
this has been Lost in Criterion, hosted by me, Adam Glass. Find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My co-host is John Patrick Ovatari Dorgan. You can find him on Twitter at jpatrickdorgan. Big thanks to Jonathan Hape for our theme song. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com or hear more from him on any streaming service. Also, thanks to all our Patreon supporters, iTunes reviewers, and Redbubble customers. And hey, thank you for listening.